that crazy Cause I loved her but didn't love me now I guess no peace I'll find till I get her out of my mind. That'd be okay, but stick my heart, gave it back, I'll broke apart. And the birds are singing in the old sun, and the leaves are budding in the hardwood trees, but I am as sad as a man can be. Springtime love in the old sun. I met a man in Southern D, lived alone among the trees, and some folks we kept apart, they say it all started with a broken heart. And that man again see me, if I regain my sanity, I'll keep my heart all shut up, that way it can't get all beat up. The birds are singing in the old shiny, and the leaves are biting in the heart, but say that I'm as sad as a man can be, springtime love in the old shiny. Someday and then it will be okay But I just can't wait that long So I sat down and wrote this song The sun is going down We'll soon feel like howling at the moon And no one will hear the sound With shiny forest all around The birds are singing in the old shiny And the leaves are wetting the hardwood tree But I'm the saddest man can be Springtime love me, shiny Listening to that's a sunrise ritual. I figured we needed a little springtime and a little sun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, springtime love and the old Johnny. We can probably play that for the irony. <laughs> for the irony. It is December 1st. Yes. So, what, December Fool's Day? Yeah. <laughs> December 1st is now officially Let's Start Winter Day. Is it? Well, yeah. For us, anyway. Well, it actually started yesterday. Oh, yeah, it did start yesterday. November 30th is the latest start of winter. So I missed Buy Nothing Day last week. Yes. And I also missed the big controversy about the uh, making Carbondale smoke-free. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a big controversy. They, on the Big Muddy News Radio, they did a whole clip from there. Um, I was in Ohio, and as of well, today... Ohio, now all public places are smoke free. And it was a very big controversy there. There's, they did the whole state. Yeah. Big controversy here as well. And honestly, I don't think that we should make laws. I don't smoke and I hate, you know, being in places that smoke. But, you know, it is another law that, well, I don't think will be enforced. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think it'll be enforced necessarily, and I, uh, 
I think the best solution to uh, the fact to the whole tobacco issue is, uh, you know, the, these corporations spend all this money on advertising to children. So what we can do is revoke the corporate charters of the corporations that do that, seize their assets, and use it for oh, you just want to go easy. <laughs> yeah, I want to go easy on the yeah. <laughs> See, because you know, in my mind, that leaves the freedom to smokers to let them choose to smoke. And it leaves the freedom to not smokers to say, we're going to avoid you smokers because we don't want to inhale that. But it, the real issue in my mind is, you know, these corporations are luring children to do unhealthy behavior before they fully understand, you know. I mean, I remember being 16. I thought I understood what long-term health uh, consequences were. But you weren't thinking about that. Don't even tell me that. Yeah, I, oh, I, I, I was. Well, let's see. <laughs> Probably when I was 18 more so yeah. than 16. Yeah, see? All <laughs> well, right. Well, I was. I remember because when I was 16 or 17, I was walking with my friend who smoked, and uh, I saw these, these 11 or 12-year-olds smoking, and I turned to him and said, you know, aren't they too young for that? So, you know, even... You know, even if you believe in smoking, aren't they too young? And he said, oh, I started when I was that age. Yeah. <laughs> yep, my dad did. Yeah, my dad did too. So, at least my dad doesn't smoke in the house. He's outside probably right now on the porch. Yeah. It's cold, but I just, um, if they do pass such a resolution, I think they should then make it, just like you can get a liquor license, mm -hmm. you should get a smoking license. Yeah. If a bar wants to advertise, we allow smoking here, well, do it. Yeah. Well, that was one of, our, one of Chris Swissman's proposals that he made in the nightlife was uh, to, to change the way that the liquor licenses are handled, to have a certain number of liquor licenses for liquor plus smoking and then a certain number that are just for liquor, no smoking. Huh. So that way it would keep the cap on liquor licenses, but then... If you wanted to create a competitor that didn't smoke, you'd be allowed to. What if you wanted to just smoke and not drink? <laughs> That's a good question. I'd like to smoke require a clubs. separate light. Yeah. They have them. Well, they probably drink there, too, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, happenings? Happenings. Well, I don't know if you're aware of this, but um, the top 100 greatest Echo heroes have just come out, and you're on it. No. <laughs> I, I'm sure I was 101, but... Um, Maybe next year. <laughs> who's on the top of your list of 100 Greatest Echo Heroes? A panel of experts at the English Environment Agency named Rachel Carson. Hmm. That's a pretty good one. The American author of the book, Silent Spring, which a lot of people consider started the whole environmental movement. Yeah. They picked her as the patron saint of the Green Movement. She is followed by E.F. Shoemaker who wrote Small is Beautiful in 1973. Now, Al Gore? Al Gore is actually number nine hmm. right now because, well, he's doing all this stuff now. Yeah, he's talking about inconvenient truths. Yeah. <laughs> um, after Sir David Attenborough, number four, and before Charles Darwin, he's number 87. <laughs> Some. Yeah, I'd be really curious to see the whole list. There's a few people I wonder about, you know, people I've met who are, you know, leading environmental activists and just other people. I'd be curious to see how they rank them. <laughs> so that is, I thought that was a good happening that happened this week. Um, otherwise, there are some, well, real happenings. Yeah. Yeah, some happening happenings. <laughs> you have something for today? Oh, uh, let's see, today. Oh, oh yes, the uh, there's the the craft fair today. 
That's the craft fair they're having at the SIUC uh, at the Student Center, the craft center that they have there. Uh, we have the they're crafty. Yeah, the holiday craft sale. It's sponsored by the craft shop there, and there's going to be 75 regional craft vendors. Wow. And it's like the the Hall of Fame area and the International Lounge, like the whole that whole side. Like of the, the south end of the student center. Yeah, south end of the student center. It started yesterday, actually. It started Thursday, and it's 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. today as well. And then on tomorrow, it's going to be 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. So if you want more information on that, you can call 453-3636, or you can go to siucstudentcenter.org. And I know it's for real because I just got a message from a friend saying, oh, I'm going to have stuff in the craft sale. Come visit the craft sale. So I think there's a lot of local crafters there then. Yeah. And there's probably a lot of people who this is the only time that they get, you know, some people, you know, are crafty and make little things, but never get enough stuff to sell. So maybe, you know, once a year. Yeah. So if you're looking for, you know, holiday ideas that don't involve going to a chain store and buying, you know, a plasma TV, then this may Hey, be... don't diss my plasma. <laughs> no. I use plasma for other stuff. Yeah. If you like want to buy... alive. Yeah. If you want to buy me a plasma TV, yeah. What would <laughs> you, you use it for? Oh, I'd, I'd probably donate it to the IMC. <laughs> or you could sell it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, the the two happenings I have are for Saturday. There's Lights Fantastic Parade. Yes. Um, I always I always like it, but this year I it's gonna be it's always cold. I don't remember a year it hasn't been cold. Yeah. It, oh, it's always cold for this. Yeah. Maybe that's why it actually got cold yesterday, because you know the weather said, oh, the parade's coming up. We gotta make it cold. Yep. So, but it's really worth it. It's a parade after dark, and you get to see well. Lighted floats. Yes. And then um, after the parade, the Big Muddy Independent Media Center is having their annual Christmas open house. Yes. And uh, Holiday open house. Yeah, well, if you want to call it holiday. Yes, there's many holidays out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the Big Muddy um, IMC is just around the corner. Well, not even around the corner. Like yeah, down, down the, the street. So uh, if I stuck my head outside the door right now, I could you don't stick it out. You <laughs> freeze. Yeah. Um, it is at two fourteen <laughs> North Washington. I almost said two twenty four. That's where we're at. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Other happenings. Other happenings. Yes. Also on the theme of uh, alternative gifts, there's a whole article in the Nightlife about this as well, and there's the gifts that make a difference this holiday season. Is the title of that article. And it's about the Alternative Gift Fair. The second annual Alternative Gift Fair offers a break from consumerism, or at least mainstream consumerism. <laughs> the Alternative Gift Fair will take place Sunday, December 3rd, that's this Sunday, from 3 to 6 p.m. at the Carbondale Civic Center. The fair will have a large number of not-for-profit agencies offering various gifts that will benefit the less fortunate in our community and throughout the world. And there's some of the things that will be there, you know, unique gifts from craftspeople, and you can donate to organizations that you or your loved ones care about, and you'll have a chance to listen to music and have refreshments. And, you know, it, it sounds like it's going to be a big family event, and there's going to be all sorts of fun gifts for people. So once again, that's this coming, uh, coming Sunday from 3 to 6 p.m. at the Civic Center here in Carbondale. And then Sunday also is the WDBX Bash. And that is at Hangar 9. That's this Sunday, isn't it? Yes, I believe this Sunday. 
There, I haven't heard a lot about it, but anyway. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to hype it up real big because I'm not going to be here. <laughs> so, well, I will be here, but like 5 o'clock Monday morning, I have to leave. To yeah. Go. Well, unless it's frozen. I have to leave to go to Kansas City, put it in the system. So you're not going to do your usual partying, unless there are trees. <laughs> Who knows? My other happening is December 6th, which is next Wednesday, the Carbonell Unitarian Fellowship is showing a film at 7.15 called Born in a Brothel. Did you ever get to hear much about this film? No, I don't think I have, actually. Um, I think I've heard of it, but that's it. If this is the film I'm thinking of... It is the film where this lady gave... It's it's about kids who are born from prostitutes. Mm. And she gave cameras to the kids to document their lives. Mm -hmm. Just like, you know, small disposable cameras. And they went around and took some extraordinary pictures. And this is like the documentary about that project. Yeah. So. All right, we'll be right back because it is half. Half time. In headline news, this is from the front page of the Southern Illinoisan. Lawmakers fail to stop rate hikes. I don't know if you've been following this. Well, I'm sure everybody has. This is about... Despite threats and election year promises, Illinois lawmakers left town Thursday after failing to shield customers of ComEd and Ameren from massive rate hikes. Without action by the General Assembly or the two companies in the coming weeks, it appears that consumers in most regions of the state will see their power bills jump by 22 to 55 percent beginning January 1st. Anyway, if you want to read more about it, it is on the front page of today, Southern Illinoisan. Basically, well, basically, the utilities haven't had a, a price raise in years. Yeah, because they, they were locked in. They were frozen in. And, well, prices of everything have to go up, and they want to raise it, but, you know, they have to raise it. Instead of phasing it in slowly, they're just going to do, uh, well, to us, a massive raise. Yeah. Um, of, you know, minimum 20%. So, um, j the good news, this is supposed to be a mild winter. Huh. So even though it's really cold now, the, the they say it's going to be a mild winter. So anyway. So we shall see. But definitely power issues uh, in play <laughs> on more than one level. Letting the cataclysm out of the bag. Supreme Court hears opening arguments in landmark climate change case. Climate change made its supreme debut on Wednesday as the High Court began considering whether the U.S. EPA must regulate greenhouse gases under the Clean Air Act. Now, in my mind, that seems obvious. Hmm. But 
Much of the opening session concerned whether the plaintiffs, including several green groups and a dozen states, had suffered enough harm to sue. Massachusetts Assistant Attorney General James Milkey said coastlines were in grave danger and emissions rules would help. Deputy U.S. Solicitor General Gregory Garr countered that such rules would do economic harm and were inadvisable, quote, in light of the substantial scientific uncertainty concerning climate change. Really? They're still sticking to that? <laughs> I guess so. The Supremes split along predictable ideological lines with conservative justice Anton Scalila asking early on, when is this predicted cataclysm? They <laughs> crossed down under pressure from Democrats. EPA agreed to revise a controversial rule for companies reporting toxic releases. So, hey, maybe these kids can settle this thing yet. Straight to the source, Los Angeles Times, the Boston Globe, the New York Times, the Washington Post, all the 30th of November, 2006. And, yes, in other news... I, I can't resist, you know, I can't resist climate change stories. <laughs> Thank you, sir, may I have another. As climate evidence solidifies, some U.S. energy companies are requesting regulations. This climate change conspiracy is getting elaborate. Now leaders of some of the largest energy companies in the U.S. are in on it. <laughs> Faced with a mishmash of state-level regulations, behemoths like Shell Oil, and Duke Energy are pushing for a federal cap on greenhouse gas emissions and an end to climate squabbling. Quote, from Shell's point of view, the debate is over, company president John Hofmeister said recently at the National Press Club. When 98% of scientists agree, who is Shell to say, let's debate the science? As other businesses, including ski resorts and hydroelectric plants, wrap climate concerns into their planning, the Supreme Court is preparing to hear a case this week on whether the EPA should regulate carbon dioxide as a pollutant. Meanwhile, a recent review of 866 studies on the effects of the global warming crisis on wildlife says it has likely caused the extinction of some species and mass migration of others. Did we say crisis? We meant to say conspiracy. <laughs> Straight to the source, the Washington Post, uh, 26th of November, 2006. Yeah, it was funny. I actually, um, the day before the weather got really cold, uh, someone talked to me and said, you know, hey, you're one of these environmental people. You know, it's warm out in the end of November, and I'm scared. Why don't you do something about this? <laughs> and then it got cold. <laughs> but it doesn't, doesn't change the issue of climate change. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just reading this because the title is called Cut and Run. Huh. Easy efficiency steps could slash global power demand, report says. Thoreau, Thoreau said the... Per, per, I lost my... Thoreau said the preservation of the world was in wilderness, but it might be in light bulbs. A new report says efficiency improvements could cut global energy consumption increases by more than half over the next 15 years. From replacing bulbs and improving insulation to rejiggering, rejiggering, that's right, I said rejiggering, the government regulations, quote, the opportunities are huge and they are being left on the table, said Diana Farrell, director of the McKenzie Global Institute, which issued the report. 
With the U.S. responsible for nearly a quarter of the world's carbon emissions and electricity generation accounting for 71% of the U.S. household emissions, many are pushing for changes at home. Quote, one of the greatest mysteries is why the public has not shifted faster to fluorescent bulbs, said Alexander Ledo, head of the frighteningly named power-saving equipment manufacturer International Rectifier. It's no mystery to us. Change your product name from compact fluorescent bulbs to tickle me why, why bites, brights, and watch the magic happen. <laughs> tickle me why brights. Is that Straight to the source, the New York Times, the 29th of November, the Christian Science Monitor, the 30th of November, 2006. Uh, I'm just picturing a light bulb now shaped like a little Elmo. <laughs> yeah, so let's see. In other news, the hunter is a lonely heart. Christian coalition leader-to-be resigns over climate change and poverty stances. We remember when evangelical leaders served time before stepping down in disgrace. Hello, fabulous baker boy. But the latest kerfuffle involves a... You said kerfuffle. Yes, I did. <laughs> Didn't even know that word, but there it is. The latest kerfuffle involves a figurehead who hadn't even assumed his position. And this time, the scandal isn't sexual, it's environmental. The Reverend Joel C. Hunter, a Florida pastor whose term as Christian Coalition president was about to begin in January, has resigned over a difference in philosophy. The difference? He wanted the Pat Robertson-founded group to take a stand on poverty and climate change. And the coalition board, oh, not so much. So Hunter won't show the way to the 2.5 million member organization, whose followers have expressed concern that its agenda is becoming too liberal. Quote, these are issues that Jesus would want us to care about, Hunter says. Quote, to tell you the truth, I feel like there are literally millions of evangelical Christians that don't have a home right now. Remember, good people, you always have a home here. <laughs> Straight to the source. Uh, the oh, I got an extra couch. Yeah, I got an extra couch. Anyone who anyone who loves the environments, we've got an extra couch for you. <laughs> Straight to the source. The Clarion Ledger, the New York Times, 28th of November, 2006. All right, we did our usual little bit of gloom. Now I'm going to give you. Something you can do about it. Yes. The tip of the week. <laughs> and this one is called Tip the Planet. So, Green Wiki for Taking Action. Like the Green Wiki and G Wiki before it, Tip the Planet used the community of the power of community to encourage discussion and the generation of tips that benefit you and the planet. From tips for individuals about staying healthy and healthy happy and healthy to tips for multinational companies to limit their carbon footprints. Tip the Planet takes the increasingly popular wiki format and specializes it for the activist-oriented. In addition to the tip itself, Tip the Planet puts its stamp on the wiki format by fostering online discussions about the tips provided, allowing users to spend their two cents on why you shouldn't leave devices on standby, and weigh in on the benefits of using energy-saving light bulbs. Perhaps the best part is that it will continue to grow, change, and become more sophisticated in subject matter and depth of coverage, reflecting the growth in green as it continues to make inroads into the mainstream. Got a hot tip? Want a hot tip? 
Share it on the Tip the Planet community and you'll be helping people go a little greener everywhere. More is available, well, at tiptheplanet.com. Sounds like fun. I like wikis and I like helping the planet, so so. it's a good combination. I'm going to have to start going there more often. Yeah. So... Oh, we, I like the uh, the one about budding filmmakers. Go ahead. Yes. Are you a budding filmmaker who wants to shine a spotlight on environmental issues? Treehugger and Seventh Generation have a filmmaking contest called Convenient Truths. Convenient Truths. Yes, not inconvenient, convenient truths. <laughs> That's right up your alley. Convenient Truths la- already launched, and it's intended to create an open forum for Americans to motivate others to take action and address this hot topic, a uh, hot topic of climate change. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm kind of sick of people saying, like, the world is warming up. It sounds like it's going to become nicer. <laughs> yeah. But they don't seem to realize how much it will destabilize the weather pattern. Yeah, it'll destabilize everything. In southern Illinois, we might actually be lucky and have a tropical paradise, but uh, Ooh. we also probably get a tremendous I'm amount of... I'm getting a bigger of, car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I might be growing avocados, but... <laughs> Uh, we also may have the Mississippi flood the entire floodplain. That oh yeah, and that's okay. not as fun. <laughs> so sorry for distracting. Oh yeah, convenient uh, truths. Yeah, convenient truths. Global warming isn't all fun, so we're looking for convenient truths to talk about that fact. This film project is a way of encouraging next steps. We're clear on what the problem is. Are we? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for the solutions. You can grab a video camera and tell the world about the steps you and your peers are taking to stop global warming in two minutes or less. <laughs> <laughs> That's the film in two minutes or less. But hey, if you could stop global warming itself in two minutes or less, I will give you a hug. I'll give you $10,000 if I had it. <laughs> yeah, I'll borrow $10,000 and give it to you. Well, actually, these guys give you more than $10,000. Yeah. If any additional motivation is needed, They're dangling sustainable prizes valued at $25,000 in front of your nose, like an organic, locally grown kit. (laughs) For more information, you can go to Convenient Truths at truths.treehugger.com. So you can make your own two-minute film, change the world, and possibly win stuff, too. Oh, you have to go there just to see the list of stuff they have, like electric bicycles and... Um, you know, remodel your home and a trip to Alaska. And, yeah, <laughs> sounds so. like fun. All that just for telling the truth. Um, they they have these these pictures. I've got these pictures here. <laughs> yeah. I have to talk about them a little bit. We can try to send them telepathically through the radio to you. <laughs> Nine car makers took on the design challenge set by the Greater Los Angeles Auto Show to imagine a time when all vehicles have technology allowing the public to enjoy the sti- distinctively Southern California lifestyle and unique environment without harming it. So there, <laughs> there are a lot of very, very interesting pictures. For example, the Green Hummer a.k.a. the oxymoron. Uh, yeah. It's pretty cool looking, but anyway. Um, it looks kind of like it reminds you of those uh, director sets, like they've got the little... Like a Tinker Toy? Yeah, Tinker Toys. It's, it's got this enclosed area that's sort of transparent. And it opens with wings. And yeah. <laughs> um, but at least, at least the Toyota's RLV, Renewable Lifestyle Vehicle, thinks outside the box. A hybrid split powertrain solution of pedal power for stuck in traffic speeds, (laughs) 
Um, an electric mode for faster travel. Bioplastic, bamboo, and aluminum create the paneling and cockpit. So, yeah. that's like... And I just took the pictures of a few of them here. Otherwise, well, we ran out of time, but... Yeah. Toshiba has come up with a product where... Um, a printer will print on plastic. It's plastic. And they can print on the same plastic 500 times. Oh, they can wow. erase it and then reuse it. And so if it's something, you know, just you're going to... Well, like for our show here, we could just print it out and then bring it back and, you know, use it again. <laughs> so, and it's actually uh, been in Japan since July. So oh, so it's out there. It's working. Yeah. And, uh, with, and with the cars, it's funny to me how... Uh, they seem, with the electric cars, there seem to be two divergent approaches to them. One is to make very conventional-looking ones that will appeal to people who already like how cars are. And they don't go very far yeah. in distance. They don't go, except the Tesla Roadster. I someday want to ride a Tesla Roadster because it, it, it's just amazing. But there's that approach. And then the other approach is to get as quirky and inventive as possible with the electric vehicles. I saw one at the Energy Fair in Wisconsin that looked just like a... A jet plane without the wings. <laughs> and the guy who designed it was a fighter pilot. Yeah. And it was, like, fast as can be, and it was shaped like a bullet almost. And, like, I mean, it was designed to go fast and far, but it was electric vehicle. So. <laughs> yeah. A lot of options out there. Another exciting and informative half hour of Your Community Spirit online at yourcommunityspirit.org. Please send us an email with your happenings. Stay warm. Yes, yeah, stay warm, stay safe. Don't let the roads get too icy.